Hi, and welcome to the Kent Now podcast. I'm Mayor Dana Ralph. In this podcast, you will hear from city leaders, city workers, and engaged residents. We discuss local news, current events, and provide educational and engaging content for the Kent resident who wants to stay plugged into our community. Thanks for listening. Now here are our hosts, Josh Mossberg and Tracy Taylor. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Kent Now. This week, we have a special edition. We're just going to be playing the mayor's State of the City address that she delivered this week live from Kent Meridian High School with some video. So hope you enjoy that for this week's podcast. And stay tuned because there's a little something extra. I wasn't supposed to tease it. That's okay. Enjoy. Shane Plank. I work for the sewer department of the city of Kent. My name is Isaac Hageman. I am a police officer currently working in the patrol division for the city of Kent. I'm Julie Tim. I'm a prosecution paralegal for the city of Kent. My name is Kathleen McConnell and I'm a senior financial analyst for the city of Kent. Hi, I'm Officer Brian Cortinas, and I work for the city of Kent police department. My name is Candace Enders and I work at the municipal court for the city of Kent. Hi, my name is Marcus Hoff. I work for the sewer department for the city of Kent. I'm Kristen Holdsworth, and I'm the Long Range Planning Manager at the city of Kent. Hi, I'm Selwyn Talley. I'm the Technology Innovation Manager at the city of Kent. My name is Ida Matias. I'm the Technical Lead Judicial Specialist for the city of Kent. Hello, my name is Tony Mann, and I work in the storm department at the city of Kent. My name is Kyle Bomer. I'm a multimedia coordinator for the city of Good Kent. Good evening, everyone, and thank you for coming to the sixth annual State of the City event here at Kent Meridian High School. I want to start by thanking Council President Boyce, our city council members, all the elected officials from around the region that have joined us tonight, our city employees, and most importantly, the residents for the city of Kent and those joining us online um, watching this for being here. We are so glad that you took time out of your evening to come and share this evening with us. I wanna say thank you to Assistant Chief Matt Stansfield for leading us in the Pledge of Allegiance and Chloe Evangelista for that um, amazing version of the Star Spangled Banner, our national anthem. She is a freshman here at KM and also Carlos Harmon, a junior here at KM, for that beautiful piano performance that you all enjoyed on your way in. <laughs> See, you all know that my note said, let's give them another round of applause, and you filled in, so way to participate. I love that. It's a team effort here. There's a lot of history in these halls. I will tell you, it feels so good being back at my alma mater. I have to say, go Royals. Um, it's a bit surreal coming out here on this stage. It looks a lot different than when I went to KM, when I was in the jazz band and performed here, but it feels the same. It feels like home. It feels like community. The opportunity to continue to serve this city, the city that I grew up in, is an honor of a lifetime. I'm looking forward to sharing some of the great work that's been happening in our city over the past year with you all tonight. And also, we're going to talk about some of the things that we're really looking forward to. In the opening video, you heard a few of our city employees introduce themselves. And although I could stand up here and talk all night long, if you know me, you know that that's a real thing, I wanted you to hear from 
from our employees, from our community, from people that are making our city an amazing place every single day. You're gonna hear from them some more tonight and you're gonna also hear from community. This, this state of the city, our community, it's, it's about way more than a single person. It's about everybody that gets up every single day to serve you, to serve our residents, and to make this community a better place to live. We're always gonna push forward with positive intent. That's sort of a ground rule that we have. You know, and I'm gonna start out with, we might not always get it right on the first try, but we will never be afraid to take a step back and course correct and keep on going. That's that grit that comes with being a member of the city of Kent. I know that nobody gets really excited when they wake up in the morning and they say, like, I've got to call government. I've got to get on the phone. I've got to walk in a building. Um, we know. We've heard all the stereotypes. Trust me, we don't take it personally. Not on most days. Sometimes it feels a little personal. I'm looking at my, my mayor friends down here, and you know what I'm talking about, right? But we do the work that we do because we love it. While not all of us can be Leslie Nope, and I'm going to tell you sometimes I've been compared to her, um, my family does it, I've heard it from other people. Um, she, we, do, we all aspire to that, right? Um, I want to say that we do aim to challenge those government stereotypes every single day. The city really isn't some faceless bureaucracy that's indifferent. It's made up of real people that come to work every day to make Kent an amazing place for our residents and our businesses. People like Marcus and Kathleen and Isaac who genuinely care about the service and the work that they do for you. At the end of the day, there is no city government without our amazing staff. Each of you, each of them, all of our city employees are committed to making people feel welcome. Being friendly and helpful, patient and understanding, assuring and assuming the best in people, and leading with positivity is how we do things in the city of Kent. When you get off the phone, or you walk away from our building, I really want you to stop and think, wow, that wasn't so bad. I got what I needed. I felt heard. I felt respected. I felt welcomed. We aspire to have a culture of kindness and foster that across the entire community. We want you to feel cared about. We want you to know that your representatives and our city employees are doing the best they can to continue improving our community. We make every effort to demonstrate those values and our commitment through the decisions that we make and the actions we take that affect all of you. Okay, let's get down to celebrating some of the good stuff that's been happening and the things that we're looking forward to. It's been another busy year at City Hall. I'm pleased to share with you some of the things that we've accomplished and what we are working on and what's next. The last couple of years, we're not going to go down that whole path, but we can all, I think, agree. It's been, it's been trying. It's been challenging. It's been hard on all of us. We've all felt it. Sort of that elephant in the room, we're still all doing that when we're having conversations, like when we look at data and we say, what happened in 20 and 21? And Oh, that's right. It's impacted how we did things. It's impacted how we do things going forward. If we didn't learn and change and grow from it, then the experience would have been wasted, right? So we're going to put that positive spin on it and know that they've been tough. But that's okay. It's connected to all of the issues that we faced, all of the issues we've dealt with, and influenced our path forward. I will always remember 
how this community, how our city came together to take care of each other, to love each other, there was a genuineness and realness in that compassion that I can't compare to anything else. But now the good news is we've emerged out the other side and I can confidently say we are back in business. In 2022, we saw a 21% increase in new business licenses, and that equated to 51% increase in jobs associated with those new businesses. From those small family-owned businesses to bigger commercial and retail stores to massive corporate headquarters, industrial developments, Kent's economy is strong. It's been encouraging to see new businesses and jobs coming to the Valley, and that's one of the reasons why I'm so optimistic about what our future holds. At City Hall, we have been laser focused on empowering our residents and business community. We're going to keep working at the local, regional, and state level to bring every single resource, to leverage all of the resources we can to bring that money back to Kent. We've supported our businesses through grant funding, through low interest loans, business navigators, and technical assistance programs. We're gonna keep elevating our downtown and making investments in that downtown core to make it a place where people wanna spend time, come with their family and friends, places to dine and shop, relax, and just hang out. We're gonna hear about some of those new exciting places to hang out in a little bit. We'll continue to support our existing businesses throughout the city while looking at ways to attract new ones and expand opportunities. It's really important that we support those businesses that have hung in there with us, provided the jobs, provided that stable economy through the last how many years, and we also wanna bring those new ones in because that means opportunity for everybody. Just last year, we had over 60 acres of new industrial development. To put that in perspective, an acre is about a football field. So, if you know me, I am not exactly a football expert, but roughly 60 football fields of space contributing to the economy is a really good thing. No matter whether it's a football field or soccer field, I don't think they're the same size, but I'm not exactly sure. <laughs> Since 2020, we've seen 2.5 million square feet in buildings crop up in the valley with a valuation of $195 million. Think about all the companies, think about all the people that are coming to work in our Kent Valley. There's a lot of new development. Driving down West Valley, the new buildings you can see right there in between like 212th and 196, those are all buildings that were built under our Rally the Valley standard. Those new standards were meant to elevate urban streetscape and they have not disappointed. If you have not checked it out, I strongly recommend go down there, drive around and check it out. We needed amenities that people could use and they felt like they belonged in that space. That is what is going to help our employers attract employees and retain them, right? When you can come to work and you can have access to things like recreation, go out and play basketball at lunch, sit at a picnic table, that you know you can also drop your kids off for daycare, you can access public transportation, restaurants, dry cleaners, all of those things are in that design that's built in to rally the valley. It's an ongoing effort, but we are already seeing amazing results. Those giant windowless cement buildings, they're not our future. We knew that. We took bold action to make sure that that wasn't the case. I'd like to think we've got more heart and personality than that here in the city of Kent. These new guidelines serve as a way to make our industrial centers more people-centric. 
We're gonna continue working on creating that welcoming environment, again, by adding all of those amenities. And you know, the other thing is for so long, you drive through the valley and it's just giant walls and you have no idea what is happening inside those buildings. This, these changes are gonna make sure that you can drive by and say, oh, that's a really cool business. I didn't know that they were in the Kent Valley. It's pretty exciting. We've actually had two of those developments nominated for commercial real estate awards. It's an example of how being innovative and stepping a little outside the comfort zone. Council held a lot of meetings, they talked to a lot of developers, and we came up with a plan that nobody else had done before, but we knew it was the right thing for our community, and it's paying off. We're seeing it happen in other cities. They're stopping the giant tilt-up warehouses, and they're building places where people want to be. Our building vacancy rates in the valley are around 4%. So I have to remind people, when you drive through the industrial area and you see all those four lease signs, here's the secret that maybe the brokers don't want you to know. That's advertising for them. It doesn't mean that all of that space is empty. Only 4% vacancy in the valley means we've got prime industrial real estate. The Kent Valley is home to about a quarter of a million jobs. Our space sector growth in particular remains strong contributing an impressive five billion, that is billion with a B, to our state's economy. While we continue to lead the way in with over half of the state's space sector jobs, there are a lot of other amazing things happening in that valley. We've proven to be absolutely invaluable and critical to regional and national supply chains. Think about everybody when they were locked in their houses buying all those things from Amazon and mail order. A lot of that came through the Kent Valley. We have one of the largest distribution and warehousing centers in the country. There's also a wide variety of exciting ventures that are based in the valley. From advanced manufacturing, to production of machinery, commercial goods, food and beverages, to research and development. There are so many cool things being made. I got a chance to tour at the company that makes those McMuffin or McGriddle sandwiches, the ones that have the little pockets of syrup in them, those are made in Kent. Like, who knew? How cool is that? There's so many things like that happening. No matter what the industry is, our businesses are leading the way with innovation that is second to none. While it's only natural to brag a little, to be really proud of the city that you're part of, that are doing great things, we're doing more than just patting ourselves on the back, right? We're celebrating what's happening, but we're also investing. We're investing in our future. We're embracing and supporting the work that's happening now by making an investment in those workers that are going to be coming, coming behind and filling those jobs. We've allocated $600,000 to work with the Kent School District to increase and align science, technology, engineering, and math, or STEM curriculum. We've got to train the future workforce. We've also allocated $400,000 to the first ever Kent Youth Employment Plan, figuring out that path for our students to work their way from elementary to middle school to high school and into a career, especially those students that aren't gonna do the four-year thing, right? That is not the path that everybody needs to be on. It is not the way for everyone. It is for some, but not always. So we wanna make sure that all of our kids have an opportunity to thrive. There are so many talented people working in these businesses in the Valley, and we want to ensure that our kids, our students, have access to them 
So they're well-equipped and competitive in finding fulfilling and impactful careers in Kent's strongest in industries. I know that I said all the time that my kids were growing up, I want them to grow up, I want them to go away to school, and then I want them to come home because there's a job here for them and there's a place for them to live. And so far it's working. <laughs> Even though the demand for STEM jobs is skyrocketing, there's a staggering educational disconnect and our students aren't finding that path, they're not choosing STEM. We wanna inspire our youth to pursue those out of this world opportunities. One of the ways that we can inspire them is through an exciting thing we're doing in downtown Kent. Remember I told you a little bit about we were gonna do, talk about some investments we're making. Carson Park, right in the downtown, across the street from City Hall. It is our new space-themed space park. A life-size, interactive, lunar rover replica based on the one that was made in the Kent Valley back in 1971, and an astronaut have landed at this site. Literally landed. Cranes brought them in and dropped them down. They are in the park. This park memorializes our role in space innovation. Kids can go inside that lander and they can pretend to be piloting it. They can look over and they can talk to their other friends that are at mission control. They can have that interactive play and hopefully build those dreams that are going to give them the inspiration to pursue those careers. And they get to learn about our history. I mean, I don't know that it gets a whole lot cooler than that. But it does. It gets better. Here's a little teaser of an announcement that you're gonna hear on May 20th at the grand opening of that park. A private industry partner is helping us in incorporate augmented reality into this park. So kids are gonna be able to, everybody's got a phone, so we're gonna have all those things, and they're gonna be able to play, and it's gonna change their experience every single time they come to that park. It's gonna be engaging and an opportunity for them to imagine and dream big and we know it will keep them coming back over and over again. So stay tuned, remember, May 20th is gonna be that big announcement. By providing staff uh, pathways to fun and engaging STEM experiences, we can help bridge the gap between the space industry's need for skilled leaders and our early education system. Again, inspiring our kids to do great things. What's happening at Carson is really exciting, but I've got a few more really cool things. This year, it seems like we've got a lot of great news in our park system. We had a lot of parks get a little bit of love this year. We have an incredible recreation system in our city, a variety of community and neighborhood parks, play fields, trails, and amenities that families can enjoy. Our parks and rec team, they are dedicated to designing and building attractive spaces that provide recreation, relaxation, and we always do it with input from you. There is always an opportunity for our residents to weigh in what's important to you, what do you wanna see in your park, what do you like, what do you not like so much, figuring out how we are best serving you through that interaction. Multiple parks received renovation, facelifts, however you wanna put it in 2022. One of them is actually right around the corner from Carson. more investment in our downtown core. Titus Railroad Park on First Avenue has new landscaping, bike racks, seating. It's created a perfect spot right down there in the middle of downtown to enjoy a bite to eat from one of our amazing restaurants. We also completed renovations at Chestnut Ridge Park on the north end of East Hill. It's got new play equipment, improved pavilion with barbecue pits, this really cool functional artwork, a quarter of a mile walking loop, 
and open lawns and a wooded area. In October, we had so much fun. We went up for the ribbon cutting and a whole group of second graders from Springbrook Elementary that is right there all showed up along with the artist Scott Trimble who designed the functional um, benches and the kids all came in these super cute hand-knitted hats and matching jackets. The Knights of Columbus had been to their classroom that morning and passed out jackets and hats to all of the second graders and they came trucking over from the school and they immediately hopped on that play equipment. It was the coolest thing to see. I was looking at some of it going, I don't really know what you do with that. And you know what? They figured it out in a heartbeat. It was like not even a question. So best day ever. We're also wrapping up uh, work at Saltair Vista Park on the West Hill. So a lot of people don't know, Kent has an East Hill and a West Hill, and we wanna make sure that our West Hill neighbors feel the love. It is so important to us that we balance those investments out. Salter Vista Park um, has new playground equipment, a swing set, some new fixtures, and an improved natural play area. When I talked about that engagement that we do with the community and parks, one of the things we continue to hear from them is natural play areas. So logs and things to climb on and ways to connect with nature. It's so important. We heard you and we're implementing that work into our parks. Later this year, we're gonna be reopening Van Doren's Landing. So that's the park that's down there in the valley off the Green River, kind of in between Veterans Drive and 212th. It's, it's being relocated back from the river into the Green River Natural Resources Area, or GNRA. Levy improvements that are being done um, with the King County Flood Control District, they're down in that area, and it provided a great, great opportunity to reimagine and invest in a new park. So while we're creating fish habitat and, and protecting the valley down there, we're also getting a pretty new amazing space. The park's gonna feature a Mount Rainier playgrounds, like kids can climb on it, there's picnic shelters, and better connections to the Green River Trail. Wherever we can, we're always trying to incorporate parks and connect them into that trail system. It just gives people a sense of connection and the ability to access nature and know that it's close by. We wanna give people that experience. On that note, something else is really exciting. I told you lots of park-themed things. Uh, Clark Lake Park. So Clark Lake Park is an assemblage that our city has been working on for decades. This year, we received $2 million from King County's Conservation Futures Program, and we were able to buy the last piece of that assemblage. So we now have Kent's very own sort of Grand Central Park up there. We can protect all of that. It's now preserved forever as an open spaces and recreation area. The acquisition of this land, this last missing piece, will allow us to build a trail that goes all the way around that lake. I've often had people say, is there a lake at Clark Lake? There is, it's Clark Lake, and it's a beautiful lake, and now you're gonna be able to walk all the way around that trail. It's a really cool thing, and it's also gonna allow us the opportunity to open up that master plan. We'll be asking for your input and figuring out what do investments look like in that amazing space. So we've done a lot of work last year. We did a lot of work this year. We've got way more things to come. Looking forward, we've got renovations uh, planned for Morrow Meadows Park. So that's up there off of Benson and 248th by where the YMCA is. Um, honestly, one of my favorite parks in the city. We've got um, improvements coming to Campus Park, which is just right here behind the high school. Commons Neighborhood Park, Hogan Park, Kiwanis Totlot Number 4, North Meridian Park, and we're building a whole new park. 
We've received funding from the legislature. We've got another ask in this year. And that East Hill North Community Park is gonna be just off of 216th and 132nd. So think north of Sunrise Elementary. It's gonna be pretty incredible. We've invested in our parks because they bring community together, right? And that's the goal. I feel like the job of the city is to help build that sense of neighborhood, sense of community, to connect people and places, and just have places to have fun. By continuing to create and improve community gathering spaces where we can play and relax, we enhance the quality of life in all of our neighborhoods. They promote recreation and wellness, appreciation for outdoors. I think that's so missing, right? We don't necessarily get out into nature like we should and just stand under a tree, stand on a lawn. It's amazing what it'll do for your soul and community well-being. So you may have seen the spring and summer rec guide that showed up in your mailboxes uh, most recently. It's a great guide to all of the amazing things our parks department is doing. I know we got ours and I spent probably an hour with my new daughter-in-law going through the book and picking out things that we could do together. So there's fun classes, there's things for everyone. It's full of great information um, from sports and fitness programs like pickleball to live music, senior hikes, or events like we held last weekend for Kent Kids Arts Day all kinds of good things and offers a variety, something for, there's truly something for everyone in that guide. We're dedicated to making sure we've got activities year round. So whether it's summer or spring, fall or winter, and tell you my kids, as a kid, I played soccer for Kent Parks. My kids played soccer for Kent Parks. And all of this time we've been building those programs, expanding our youth access to sports, all of those kinds of activities. I am so proud of what we are offering to our community. Last year, we maintained full class schedules, access to all of those sports, and 100 events that were open to residents. So many great opportunities, again, for every season for youth, adults, and seniors alike. It's a good way to get out and connect with people, make friends, meet people that you might not know, and honestly, just feel some joy, right? Think about that. I think it's something we all need to take time. Just figure out what, what brings you joy, and that helps us to connect to each other. We could all use a little bit of that. Our staff devote their talents to enriching the lives of Kent, all of our families, and they truly care about the level of service we're providing to our city. Check out this video. The work for the City of Kent makes me feel great. I, I feel like we're out there every day giving the citizens the best that we can give them. Uh, we have the tools that we need. The group of people that work in the sewer department truly care about uh, making it a great environment. It's, it's really cool coming in and seeing the group of guys that we work with or the group of people that we work with care about their jobs and, and truly want to make City of Kent the best place to work. The work that I do for the City of Kent makes me feel very proud and honored. I'm honored to be able to represent other people, to be able to get our word out, to get the message out about what we do as a city, because we do so much. The work that I do for the city makes me feel rewarded. 
and I can expand on that a little bit where like when we solve crimes or we get people their cars back or we make people feel safe for good or we get someone out of someone's life that's a danger to them, um, that kind of stuff feels good, right? And I, I'm very comfortable going home every day knowing that when I get up tomorrow, that's gonna be my goal for the day. It's a very fulfilling role. So Marcus and Kathleen and Isaac, you heard Isaac say he's comfortable going home the day because he's fulfilled his role. He's been serving the community. All of them are exactly what our employees represent in the, in the city of Kent. As we continue to make improvements to our recreation system, we're also improving access to those spaces by keeping up with our infrastructure. There's all of the not as sexy parts of the job that you rely on every single day. Kent continues to grow year over year. When I graduated from KM, our population was under 60,000. Today, it's nearly 138,000. I'm gonna leave the math up to you to figure out how many years that's been, but it's a lot of growth in that very short amount of time. <laughs> Whether it's new capital projects or just the routine improvements we do every day in maintenance, there's an enormous amount of work that is happening to make sure that our infrastructure is keeping up and accommodating that growth. In 2022, we continued our annual work to maintain and improve our streets through overlays, paving, road striping. We accepted $70.3 million in grant funding to improve our city infrastructure with an additional 42 million specifically for street maintenance and improvements. If you think about all of the truck traffic, especially in the valley, maintaining those roads is key and it has to happen on a whole lot more regular basis than roads where we've just got cars driving over them. The funding that we received will go a long way to continue improving the quality of life and connectivity for our residents. We're consistently leveraging regional funding at every opportunity we can find. Our staff is amazing at grant writing. It is pretty incredible the amount of work that's done there to bring those dollars back so we can invest them in our city. A great example is the road work. We're raising the second half of 76th Avenue South down there in the valley between 228th and 212th. That second phase is being worked on now and that was funded by regional grants. We've also leveraged grant funding to um, work on 240th and Russell Road, which will connect the Lakes neighborhood with Valley Ice Center, uh, Hogan Park, Meeker Street Promenade, we're doing all those improvements. We call them Meet, Meet Me on Meeker. If you haven't driven through there, I highly recommend it. Just new amenities that make it, again, more people-centric, and the Green River Trail. So we're making all of those connections. The city's also going to be con uh, constructing two new roundabouts. So our big roundabout at 4th and Willis, wildly popular. Um, that was one of those things where, wow, when we held the public outreach meetings, people were like, this is never going to work. We had little models of trucks and cars, and we showed everybody it's all going to work. And whether you liked it or you didn't like it, it showed up, and it is an amazing centerpiece of our community, and everybody loves it. The traffic doesn't back up. It's pretty incredible. We're putting two more roundabouts on the West Hill, like I said, on Reeth Road, to calm traffic and improve safety. That is directly related to input that we got from the neighbors saying we need to do something on that stretch of road to slow cars down. So uh, stay tuned. Those roundabouts are coming. We're always looking for opportunities to implement sidewalk improvements, additional street lighting, upgrade pedestrian crossings to increase safety. Here's my one thing, use the crosswalks, please. <laughs> it's so much safer. We've all got all kinds of the new rapid flashing beacon crosswalks and, and we just need people to stay safe and, and pay attention. Thank you, that's the PSA for the evening.
Last year alone, we replaced over a thousand street signs just so they could be easier seen more easily for all of our residents and visitors to our city. We know that the valley is a floodplain, so we're making investments in storm drainage and upgrades. We're not only protecting the property, but we want to make sure that we're protecting the environment, right? All of that storm drainage works help, help filter the water and make sure that we're making it safe. Examples of those kind of projects are the Lower Russell Levee. We talked a little bit about that, funded through the King County Flood Control District, where we've got the new Great Park, and then the Downey Side Channel Restoration Project. The budget includes $16.4 million in capital funding for drainage, for stormwater, making sure that we're keeping and protecting our environment. Last year, we also began work on the reservoir on the West Hill. So no matter where you're at in the city, I'm pretty sure you can now see that water tank. I can see it when I'm coming down the hill in the morning. You can see it from out there. Huge water tank. It means that we've got additional storage capacity for water and improved fire protection for our West Hill residents. Huge investment. All of these investments that we've been talking about demonstrate our ongoing commitment to building a resilient and connected community. We are spending these dollars in a way that are making our residents' life better. Keeping Kent moving, especially with all of the commercial and industrial traffic down in the valley, is something that we are really focused on. We regularly look at our transportation priorities to ensure that we're meeting the needs of our growing population. Increasing mobility and decreasing congestion is really what we're looking for. So whether that's investments in streets and capacity or it's investment in transit and working with our partners at Metro and Sound Transit to give people options. Our transportation master plan, which was adopted by council in 2021, is the, it maps out our vision, our long range vision to better serve the needs of our community. It sets goals to guide how we'll invest in our multimodal system over the next 20 years. Earlier this year, council adopted our 23 to 28 six year transportation improvement program. That's the shorter range plan that we build for projects that we know are coming. They're coming, they're funded, or we're looking for grant funding. So things have to be in that plan in order to be successful in bringing those grants in. Investments in transportation infrastructure to better connect the places we live, we work, and we play and all the fun things that there are to do in our community. So overall, it touches on all the parts of our lives. We have op options for everyone, whether you're a driver, a transit rider, a pedestrian, or a bicyclist. We want to make sure that you have the flexibility to live your, live your life the way that you choose to live it. Something that I'm really excited about, I mean, I feel like I've said that a hundred times because there's so many good things, but if you haven't been up to the West Hill to check it out, the Kent Des Moines Light Rail Station and Star Lake Station are up out of the ground. It is so cool to have watched that construction over the last couple of years. Um, I'm gonna say this, and you can't be mad at me. We have been told by Sound Transit that that project is gonna go online by the end of next year. We are so excited to have that done and, and be such an amazing asset and, and, and amenity to our community. I can remember way back in the day when I was on the land use and planning board, and we started talking about the Midway sub area plan. I didn't even know what a sub area plan was. I learned very quickly that it is the foundation for the work to come. It is the plan that guides the investment. It's the plan that we pointed to when we sat down with Sound Transit and said, here's our expectations for the work being done in our community. It gave us the foundation to have those conversations. 
it prepared us for future light rail coming to the West Hill. At the time, it seemed so far away. We were talking about this way out, 10, 12, 15, 20 years. And now it's here. It's happening. It's coming out of the ground. Turns out that planning really works, right? That's an example. It's a ter so terrific to see that, that whole thing being built. Another regional investment we're excited about is the King County Metro Rapid Ride I-Line that's going to help connect um, our neighbors in Auburn to our neighbors in Renton through Kent. I'm looking at my mayors down here, and we're all going to have that share that Rapid Ride I-Line and that investment that King County Metro is making. WashDOT is continuing to construct SR 509. You guys, I remember being in high school, and my now husband, boyfriend at the time, is like, this freeway, it's going to come from the airport, and it's going to come into Kent. And I thought, how does he know that? Why does he know that? But you know what? He was right. It's coming. That 509 extension is going to make sure that we're improved access to SEA, the airport, Port of Seattle, down into that industrial valley. Last legislative session, we were awarded funding as a part of what's called the Moving, uh, Move Ahead Washington package. We got funding to complete uh, new sections of that Meet Me on Meeker standard that we talked about, as well as portions of the 224th corridor that's going to connect all the way from the, uh, military on the West Hill up to Benson. This session, we're also requesting some additional funding for that same corridor, as well as 167, partnering with our neighbors to make investments happen um, on the Valley Freeway. So as we allocate and fund projects using local tax dollars and all of that matching money that I talked about, we're always seeking additional regional, state, and federal funding. We need to bring that money back to our city and make investments here. A lot of what I do as mayor is advocate for our city. We stand up for Kent. We stand up for South King County. We want to make sure that we have a seat at that table and that we're receiving the resources that we need and, quite honestly, that we deserve. I chair the, the Regional Transportation Policy Board, so I have a seat at the table and am a part of those conversations. I think we can always agree that it is always better to spend somebody else's money, right? I, I don't know anybody that dis would just disagree with that, so we're going to keep working on bringing that regional investment. As we're making all these improvements year over year, Kent's top priority continues to be community safety. As I've met with businesses and residents, all of you have said to me, safety is top of mind. I know it is for my family, and rightfully so. I stand by the commitment that I have made over and over again that safety of our community is absolutely the most important thing we do. You and your family, your friends, deserve to feel safe in our community. And I'm going to be the first one to say, I know that that's not happening right now. That it is not for lack of trying and not for lack of work, and we will get there. Our officers, you heard from Officer Hegeman, genuinely strive to be a part of the fabric of our community, and they are absolutely dedicated to protecting and serving everyone that calls Kent home. Chief Padilla and I continue to engage in numerous state, regional, and local groups working to address violent crime and vandalism, property crime, homelessness. In 2022, the council adopted four new ordinances aimed at improving safety and quality of life here in our community. We collectively refer to them as the Safer Kent Initiative. These ordinances have increased our ability and the tools our police have to serve the public. We've stopped, we're working on stopping the use of, public, of drugs in public. It is something that we've seen an increase in and our, and our officers didn't have tools to work on that. 
this ordinance helps put that in place. But what that also means is that it gives them a tool to connect people to treatment. And those two things have to go together. We were one of the first cities in the state to adopt that. I turned on the news this morning and Bellingham is looking at a similar ordinance. We've put additional restrictions on spray paint to help reduce graffiti, prohibited solicitation in roadways, so we're keeping people out of lines of traffic, and we have increased our ability to enforce unlawful camping, which is contributing to litter and environmental damage. All of this with the expectation that we will do everything we can to rehabilitate and connect offenders to a variety of treatment and service options. The way that we've always looked at it, it's about balancing accountability and safety with compassion and empathy, and seeking every opportunity for both prevention and reducing of recidivism. We want to give people the services so that they don't continue to commit crime. One issue that I've talked about before, which has really affected our overall enforcement ability, our ability to keep Kent safe, is staffing. It's been on the news, you've heard me talk about it, you've heard the chief talk about it. As you may know, the city of Kent, along with most other cities across the state of Washington, have experienced a significant um, decrease in our police officers. Our officers have left the profession, they've left the state. It's been something that we've been struggling with for the last several years. It was a major concern and we took multiple steps to address that um, and to stabilize our department. Since then, we've nearly filled every vacancy that we have, which is huge. We've consolidated personnel assignments and improved re emergency response. By this time next year, by, by next year, summer, most of those new officers will have made it through the academy. It's taking nine or 10 months to get a new hire just into the academy. So we're working on that as well. While we've made great progress in hiring, Kent is still well below comparable cities in the number of officers per capita. And the other staggering statistic is that Washington State is 51st in police officer staffing per capita. That is not acceptable. It is not an okay thing, and it's not a way that we protect our communities. While we've been able, able to leverage grant funding for opportunities to span, expand things like community court, remember we talked about that getting people connected to services, it helps um, make those connections, rehabilitate offenders, making sure they're getting what they need. Our view is that the services must be available, they must be proven, they must be measured, but it has to be accompanied by real consequences if the offender doesn't follow through. Compassion and accountability should and can exist in the same system. If you hear otherwise, I'm here to tell you that's not the case. Or it is the case, they can exist. They can be, you can be compassionate and you can still hold people accountable. I think that if we don't hold people accountable, it's not compassionate. We don't let our kids run out into traffic because we don't want them to be mad at us. We tell them, don't run out into traffic and I'm gonna help make sure that you don't. That's what we have to do to everyone in our community. As we make these investments to improve our law enforcement practices and help others get the help they need, I want to be clear that we aren't going to tolerate those in our community that seek to do harm. It's just not okay. Last year, we implemented a program called the Targeted Accountability Program, and it's designed to hold frequent, impactful offenders accountable for their criminal behavior. So remember that the city is in charge of misdemeanor crimes, but in that realm, we are doing everything we can to bring that accountability. 
Our prosecutors continue to work closely with our police department to enforce violations of city code and hold owners accountable for violations that occur on their property. You have my commitment that we will run our lap. We will continue to do everything as a city we can, everything in our power at the local level. But you also have my commitment that we will make Kent's voice heard at the regional and state level. So much of what we do in this criminal justice realm is dictated by others' actions, whether it's the prosecutor, whether it's the jail system for felony crimes, or state law changes that have had impacts on us. Over the last month, we've been really focused on those state-level changes that need to occur, changes to the pursuit laws, changes to the drug laws, all of those kinds of things. This legislative session, we supported a bill that would have provided Kent and all other cities in the state of Washington resources to increase the number of officers. It would not have increased taxes. It was using existing sales tax revenue. Unfortunately, the legislature failed to take action. We couldn't even get the committee to vote on this bill. We will be back next year, and we will be asking the same question. Our cities deserve that funding to help keep them safe. We all need it, and it's there. Another thing we asked the legislature for, and this is a little bit more positive story, was additional tools to combat street racing. So street racing has been going on in the Valley for, for decades, um, but we've got this new thing out there, the intersection takeovers, the drifting, it's gotten extremely dangerous. So far, along with our partners that are supporting this bill, um, the bill continues to move. It's working through the final phases in Olympia, and we are almost over the finish line. We are really excited to have this new tool. Another thing I want to update you on in our police department is our recently completed pilot for the Community Immersion Law Enforcement Program, or CLIP. As you can tell, government loves our acronyms, so there's another one, CLIP. It's a unique first of its kind in the state, contrary to what you may have heard on the news. Kent was first. Um, where we pair our recruits with community organizations. They basically go out and they, while they're newly hired officers, they're paired up with community organizations to work and get to know our community members. They build trust, relationships, and cultural awareness. University of Washington completed the study, and we heard um, from the researchers that the program helped our recruits gain significant understanding of topics like language diversity, cultural customs, and knowledge of resources that are available to our residents. They reported, um, the recruits reported having in-depth, meaningful, and important interactions with our refugee and asylee families during the placements while they were working in the CLIP program. It allowed them to learn and understand from firsthand experience what our new residents are facing, the challenges they're facing when they're coming and acclimating themselves to a new home. We're very excited about the success of the pilot program, and we have an ask-in, along with uh, Representative Tina Orwall, for the legislature to fund this program. We want to continue it, and we want to grow it. And our hope is that departments around the state will adopt this program. I'm really proud of Kent for taking the initiative on this and leading the way. Just as we continue to find ways to improve our ability to effectively address crime and increase safety, we've also been working on ways to be more transparent. It's one of the complaints we hear about government. It feels like a big black hole. We don't know what you're doing. We don't know what's going on. We want to make sure that our residents don't say that about the city of Kent. Over the course of 2022, the city processed over 7,000 public records requests, 
185,000 emails included that, and 27,700 minutes of body-worn camera footage. You can put in a public records request, and we will provide you whatever it is that you are asking for. It's a lot of documentation. And honestly, I sometimes think the staff that handle this work have superpowers. It is a lot, and they do it efficiently, and they do it effectively, and do it on time. The city is committed to transparency and accountability, and the work that they're doing is a really good proof of that. Our information technology department has rolled out technology solutions to improve efficiency and user experience in public-facing systems, and we've bolstered information security to protect critical data and your personal information. We take cybersecurity very seriously, and we're taking all the steps necessary to increase those protections. Our human resources department has made improvements to our hiring, training, and recruitment processes to make certain that we're hiring the best and the brightest, most qualified candidates and bringing them to work at the city to serve you, our community. We've continued to increase communication with residents through our social media platforms, who follows us on Facebook and Instagram, Twitter, right? Email, newsletter. Uh, every time I go to Costco, somebody says, hey, I read your newsletter last week. And I think, oh, that's, pretty, that's a pretty cool thing. If you follow any of the at City of Kent pages on any of our platforms, you've probably seen that we have fun content and um, our team is doing everything they can to connect. We've really leaned into that sense of fun and humor because it's wholesome, makes people laugh, and it keeps them tuned in, right? You don't wanna go to a boring government page over and over again just to see boring information. You need to go and laugh, right? It's, it's about that orca jumping out of James Street when it's flooded. We know that it's flooding, but we want you to have fun thinking about the flooding, and it also helps us not cry all the time. So we do it because there is also very important things that we need you to know. Weather, road closures, events, services, and if you're already coming there because it's fun, then that stuff, you kind of sneak it in, and you get it without even knowing that you're here in that you know, more dry government type thing. We've recently launched um, what's called engagekentwa.gov, and it's an extension of our website, and we're using it to get feedback from our residents in, on interactive surveys and maps. We've been asking the community what they want. We ask, use it for our parks, and most recently, our ADU, our Accessory Dwelling Unit, another acronym, ordinance. They're, they're popular, they're in the news. We want to figure out how is it that we can help people build those mother-in-laws in their backyard? What does that look like in the city of Kent? Our team consistently is looking for ways to connect and to better communicate. While we've been doing all those great things in the digital realm, in that platform, um, nothing is quite like face-to-face -face interaction. That's why I'm so excited to see everybody here tonight, right? There's nothing that you can exchange for just being with people. I've had the opportunity to meet with hundreds of residents throughout the last year through our new Drinks in the Driveway event hosted by residents. I have no idea what the residents were drinking. I will promise you, Diet Coke or coffee. That's all I had while I was standing in people's driveway. But it's a lot of fun just to be in somebody's neighborhood and hear about what's on their mind. We did coffee and conversation events at local restaurants. The senior center, we had one a couple of weeks ago. I feel like it's really important, and it's probably the most meaningful thing I can do as your elected representative, to provide these opportunities to meet and have conversation, find out what's on your mind, and learn what matters to you. Going out to these event, events in the community, being present and be available, it's honestly the favorite part of the job. I'll tell you, one of the hardest things when we were shut down, 
not getting to see people and hear from them, this is the stuff that fills my soul, that makes me so happy to do what I do, is those community connections. I want to hear your experiences and bring those thoughts back to our staff so we can incorporate them in everything we do. We're meeting with businesses and, and nonprofit organizations, faith-based groups. I get to go visit schools. I've been to a couple of elementary schools recently, was um, up here at KM to meet with their Interact Club. It's all the ways that we can find out what it is that you need and how the decisions that we're making impact you. Right? We don't do this work in a vacuum. We can't do this in a vacuum. These discussions, ideas, and concerns are not taken lightly. They inform me, they inform our council, they inform our staff about the impacts, what's important to you, what you need from us, what you like and what you don't like. Hundreds of residents have attended these meetings. We also have opportunity at every council meeting to provide feedback under public comment, under our public hearings. People send in emails. I can promise you I read every single email that comes into my box. I read them because it's that important to me. From transportation planning to new ordinances or budget items being considered by the council, we want to hear from you. We want to get that feedback. It's how we know we're doing the right thing. We provided multiple opportunities during our 23-24 budget um, sessions, which the council passed in November unanimously. Our finance team is dedicated to ensuring that we're using those tax dollars the way that they're supposed to be used, that your resources, our resources, are spent responsibly and sustainably. Last year, um, because of the work of our finance team, the city received a Certificate of Achievement for Excellence in Financial Reporting from the Government Finance Officers Association, or GFOA, another acronym. It demonstrates our commitment to transparency, fiscal responsibility, and disclosure. I also want to say thank you to our city council. Their perspective and insight through the budget process all year long, it's invaluable. Your council has provided leadership on a variety of really tough issues in the last year. And I know that they will continue to represent you in a positive and productive way. Budget is one of their, their roles, but it's all of the other things, those policy that impact our lives. Speaking of budget, right, we know that the budget is really a document that reflects our values. It's the putting your money where your mouth is, spending on the things that are important. And the city has taken several steps over the last several years to ensure that we're carrying out our programs and services equitably and with compassion and kindness that we want to encourage across the community. Our equity strategic plan, uh, adopted unanimously by council just earlier this month, is the latest step following years of enhancements to internal training, policy changes, and community engagement. It was co-designed with community stakeholders and working groups, including diverse perspectives and people with lived experience. Ultimately, our goal is to eliminate racial inequities and improve outcomes to everyone living in the city of Kent. That means everyone, every single one of our residents. We've already carried out important work to look at hiring practices and employee training. We're gonna keep building on that work to cultivate that culture of kindness that I talked about earlier. We're continuing to make translation of city documents a priority so that we can improve access to our non-English speaking residents. There's over 130 languages that are spoken in our community. WalletHub recently ranked Kent as the sixth most diverse city in the country. Number six in the entire country. That is something so amazing and something that we can all be very, very proud of. 
People from all over the world, from many different backgrounds and cultures, call Kent home. They have chosen our city. It is important to me and to the council and to all of our staff that we're culturally responsive in how we serve, making sure that everyone is getting their needs met. Because everyone that lives here deserves to have the same kind of access to government. That means we have to figure out ways to, to change how we reach people so that those outcomes are the same for everyone. A large part of how we um, make sure that there's no gaps in our services and making sure that those needs are being addressed is by identifying and partnering with service providers and local resource networks. The city in, 23 and in our 23 and 24 budget included 48 human services contracts with different agencies, local nonprofits, and groups providing critical resources and assistance to the Kent community. As you can see, this work is huge. We cannot do it by ourselves. Government alone cannot take care of this community. We need help. These contracts address needs like supportive housing, food insecurity, childcare, education, case management, legal services, youth programs, transportation, and language assistance. I am grateful to the many incredible organizations that have dedicated their resources to bettering our community, and they demonstrate every single day what it means when we say, we are Kent. In 2022, our Human Services Division also distributed funding to 11 new community programs. New, new people bringing resources and services to Kent were empowering those local non nonprofit organizations to expand their reach and build capacity. Something that has been great to see, um, and we're doing this on our social media, so take a look at it if you get a chance, it's the Kent Care Series. And it's where we're providing an opportunity to, hi to highlight those organizations, the incredible work that they're doing, and you get to hear directly from the staff, the people that are doing that work every single day. And it is so, it is so heartwarming to see the level of commitment and, and passion that they bring to the work that they bring to serving our community on a daily basis. Our city employees care deeply as well. They do what they do because they love it and they want to serve our community. We've got another video that highlights that. We're a small group, we're a small team, but we're highly motivated and we're very tight close. We respect and value each person for what they bring to the team and I think that that shows in the quality of work that we do. Um, we truly do care about the community of Kent and we want the best. I've always felt like it was a family. Um, we all get along. I've been here for about 17 years now and I don't see myself calling anywhere. I'd love the feel of um, the city of Kent. I came from somewhere else that didn't value employees as much, and it's a huge difference when you come to work and do the same job that you could do somewhere else, but uh, why not do it with somebody that actually cares about you? Uh, my favorite part is the team and just the talented team that I'm surrounded by, as well as the variety of work uh, that we get, the scope of work, uh, we get to do a lot of different things every day. Uh, challenging, fun, exciting. And also as a creative, I want to make sure that we're producing work that other industries or other cities look at as inspirational and as something that they can strive for as well. 
When I was interviewing for this job, I was asked, you know, what are you looking for in a job? And I really, I want to serve the community that I work in and I want to be part of that community, but I also want to have fun while doing it. And the people that work here are so committed to that same vision and goal, but we also like to have a good time. So we've been known to do random acts of kindness for each other. And that's just so inspiring. When your coworkers are happy, it makes the entire workday so much better. provide service and have fun doing it. I think that that's a testament to so many of our employees at the city. With all the investments the city is making in our community and in its people, it's also crucial that we continue to monitor the availability and accessibility of housing in Kent, something that's been on the news. We've all been hearing it. In 2021, the council adopted the Kent Housing Option Plan, or KHOP. That is one of my favorite acronyms. It lays out the city's strategies for making sure that we're meeting growth and their demand for housing. Our focus is on preserving the housing that we have and improving what we have. Also ensuring we identify and fill gaps in things like size, density, and price range. For incentivizing, from incentivizing scalability, whether it be multifamily, middle housing units, to looking um, at code amendments and development regulations, we're enc encouraging a variety of housing types. I'm happy to let you all know that the city is on track to reach our 2035 housing and employment growth targets, as well as our growth target of 10,200 more units of housing by 2044. Securing access to home ownership, giving people the opportunity to be a first-time home buyer, and also maintaining rental affordability opportunities are what we continue to focus on. A lot of the bills in this legislative session have been focused on housing. And we've made sure that Kent's voice is heard by advocating against any one-size-fits-all approach that doesn't work for our community. We understand the intent behind the new laws and the changes that are being recommended by the legislature, but a lot of what's being presented will actually damage our community. It will reduce that affordable housing stock and will put pressure on our existing infrastructure so that we will not be able to serve the community. We want to grow, we want to do our part. We are doing our part and have been proving that. As you can see, we're on track to meet those growth targets. So we're gonna to continue to go to Olympia. I will stand alongside my other South County mayors, people from cities all around the state to say, if we're gonna make changes to housing regulations, that we do it responsibly, that we do it in a way that serves our community and doesn't damage our community. We are a part of SKIP, our South County uh, Housing and Homeless Partnership. So that is, uh, South County cities have gotten together several years ago to make sure that we're talking about housing policy. Um, I vice chair that committee along with uh, our chair, Mayor Backus from the city of Auburn. Again, focusing on South County, what are the policies that make sense for us? What fits in our community? What do we need? I am so proud to say that we have a capital program and we're distributing funds to build projects, affordable housing projects in South County, and we're gonna continue doing that work. Kent has one of the largest supplies of naturally occurring affordable housing in the region. We have three of King County Housing Authority's largest complexes located right here. We are doing our part and have been doing our part for many, many years, and we're gonna to continue to do it and we're gonna to continue to advocate that growth happens in a responsible way. Again, we wanna make sure that homeownership, if that's what somebody wants, that it's within their reach, whether it's the first house or it's that last house, the house where you've had the family and you're downsizing and you want a cottage, you want an ADU, something smaller, or it's that, this is, I'm so excited I get to remodel my first kitchen and everything in between. We wanna make sure that that's available in Kent. 
We also want to make sure that rents are predictable. Providing our residents with that kind of stability is key, and it's honestly just the right thing to do. As we ensure the city's housing options are accessible, we're also making sure that our relationship to the environment remains sustainable as Kent continues to urbanize, right? The more we grow, the more space it takes up. We want to make sure that we're doing the right thing, strengthening our climate resilience and sustainability practices through intentional planning efforts. That's a key. It's a theme, right? We need to be intentional about our planning. We can't just write a plan and then th throw it away and start something new. We need to make sure that we're carrying out those plans. Kent has numerous areas that are considered environmentally sensitive. We've got wetland streams, wildlife and fish habitat. These areas are protected by our critical areas ordinances, as well as state and federal regulations. We participate with our federal, state, and tribal governments, along with other major, major stakeholders in the Puget Sound region to identify early actions and develop a large range of strategies to reserve and restore, conserve those natural resources. The GRNRA, we talked about that earlier, Green River Natural Resources Area, is one of the best examples of a protected area. It's a 304-acre wildlife sanctuary in the heart of Kent that also provides flood protection, surface water treatment, and recreation. What was once an abandoned sewage lagoon, I don't think that was a very pleasant thing, is now one of the largest engineered multi-use wildlife refuges in the United States. Here's a little fun fact. The area provides habitat to an estimated 165 bird species and 53 uh, mammal species. I've also heard that maybe some legendary Pokemon are down there. I don't know. Um, if anybody can identify these and name them, you get bonus points. I don't have a prize, but I couldn't tell you what they are. Um, another interesting tidbit is enough soil to completely fill Lumen Field was removed to create the Eastern Treatment Pond. It's another football reference. See, we keep throwing these things in. If you've never been down there, I highly recommend checking it out. There's trails, there's viewing towers, so you can go bird watching, you can look at the diversity of wildlife, and you can enjoy views of Kent and the Green River, and it's connected to that new park that we talked about, the new Van Doren's Landing Park. Another great recent project is our Downey Side Channel project. So as you're coming around on Kent Des Moines Road, you can see it there, um, down by past the, the old fishing hole, and it's we've created salmon habitat. The best way that I can describe it is it's a little off-ramp, a side channel or a rest area for baby salmon as they're heading, you know, as they're heading out to the sound. So they can pull over if the water's running too high, they need a little bit of shade, they need something to eat, and it creates a habitat. Um, that is helpful for them, but it also helps in high water events because it's extra capacity and storage. So it's, again, multi-purpose. Eagles and great blue herons were some of the first wildlife to move in to check it out down there, and we're also starting to see salmon explore that side channel. Our city vegetation crews um, have been planting on the site more than 30,000 native plants, and we anticipate that being done this spring. There's a lot of ways we protect Kent's biodiversity and natural areas, which I am very, very proud of. Things like low-impact development practices, controlling invasive species, limiting the application of chemicals, and ensuring we prevent pollution. Preservation of open space, fish and wildlife habitat, and other critical areas is always a consideration during any construction or development activity that we undertake. Our public works and parks crews also work together to maintain our public areas and keep Kent looking beautiful and vital. 
their work plays out in a very important way in keeping our environment healthy. We have multiple outdoor conservation events every year where our volunteers can come alongside our city staff, learn about the difference between invasive species and native plants, help plant trees, remove invasive species, and take care of things that are already planted there. An important way that we protect our green spaces and make sure that our city is cleaner, cleaner overall is the removal of, of litter, trash, garbage, and dumping. None of those are good things. The city's partnered with King County's Uplift Northwest program and allocated $200,000 to have a team come in and do general litter cleanup in the right-of-way areas throughout the city. Not too long ago, they were working right outside of the high school. It makes such a difference. We've also continued to support our litter strike team. That is a, a couple of new employee positions that we brought in in our last budget cycle to do cleanup around the city. Kent's 34 square miles. It takes a lot of time to keep it clean and keep it looking like we need it to so we can all be proud of it. But I'll tell you, it's definitely not just our staff that help with that. Again, we couldn't accomplish that. As a part of our ongoing litter reduction campaign, we partner year-round with neighborhood groups, churches, faith-based groups, businesses, and residents to encourage participation in cleanup efforts. I am so grateful to all of the people who are a part of our Adopt-A-Spot and Adopt-A-Street programs. We couldn't do this work without you. Over 320 miles of streets and sidewalks, our community partners are always needed to pitch in and pick up. Not everyone in the room is old enough to remember this, but you remember the Give a Hoot campaign? Don't give a hoot, don't pollute. Pretty sure that Woodsy the Owl would be very, very proud of all of our city volunteers. Last year, we hit an all-time high, all-time program record of 1,100 volunteers, which really speaks to exactly how important this is to our community. We also had over 560 volunteer hours contribute to help, our, to help pick up litter in our team up to clean up events. Another way that we reduce litter and dumping is through our residential recycling events through a partnership grant program with King County. They're held throughout the year. Residents are able to bring in a variety of recyclables and those really hard to recycle items at no charge. Last year, 3,600 vehicles came through the event and over 502,000 pounds of recyclable materials were collected and they stayed out of our landfills. We actually have a few of those great events coming up in April and May, so you can check out kentwa.gov slash talking trash to find out all of the details. It's a good way to do that spring cleaning. I'm feeling the little spring bug that was nice out today, the sun's out. We need to clean out those garages in the spare bedroom for sure. I am so proud of our residents that are part of these programs and how willing people are to pitch in, give their time, and help out. All right, here is a pretty cool thing. At last year's State of the City, I recognized a few individuals, students, and organizations in the first ever Kent Legacy Award. I was here at KM a couple of weeks ago in the office, and I saw the plaque and the key to the city hanging in the office, and it made me so proud. We honored the 2022 senior class for everything that they had been through. It's a new tradition we started to recognize people for their outstanding contributions to our community and for their leadership and, honestly, how inspiring they are to others. So tonight, in continuing that new tradition, we are honoring our volunteers, the members of our boards and commissions, and our Kent volunteers in police service. Take a look at this video.
I feel like I have been able to give back to my community. I feel like that when I 10 years done, which will be at the end of this year, I will look for another way to give back to my community. I, I don't know what that'll be yet. I'm working with my own right now, but I do know that I need to give back. I need to make this community better for everybody, just as somebody made it better for me before. Always um, felt fulfilled after uh, participating in committees, uh, whether it's city committees or other volunteer groups. Um, I've enjoyed being on the Lodging Tax Advisory Board and the um, Public Facilities District Board just because uh, it, it's, it's fun to uh, see how those things work from the inside and help uh, uh, contribute to the community in that way. I think that to serve on the board um, requires obviously the willingness to put your time forward and um, invest in that. But I think that anybody can serve in, on the boards. Um, everyone has a unique opinion and a unique experience that they bring. And sometimes it's not the most obvious thing when you start out. I started on the Land Use and Planning Board because I felt that my business experience would maybe contribute a little bit. But I'm finding the things that I'm more interested in are the community feedback and um, making sure that we're reaching everybody, making sure that we're finding ways to integrate the diversity of Kent into the feedback that we're receiving from the community. I guess if you want to see change in your community, you have, you have to get involved. Volunteering a few hours a week over a year, it adds up. If you have a number of people doing that, it builds even more, and you start uh, making those changes that you want to see happen in your community, you, you start making them happen. You know, you always want to do the right thing, right? You got 135,000 people here to live in this city, right? And it's hard to satisfy everybody, you know, but I think at the end of the day, you got to feel like you it's coming from your heart. What you're doing is something that you feel good about, you're passionate about, you're making a difference, right? I strongly believe that, you know, for me, when I came into the city of Kent, uh, I think it was in probably 1984, right? And when I leave this city, I want it to be better than what I am when I came here, right? So that's one that I really focus on is the thing that I'm doing is I'm moving the city forward, is I'm trying to make it better, is I'm trying to make sure we're reaching out to everybody in the community and the people can find themselves within the city. So I think, you know, where we serve on the council, on the board, or any commission, right? You know, you really want to be able to make sure that you're giving back and make this city a better place for everybody. It is tremendously gratifying, actually, to be able to help out. For me, I'm an immigrant. I've been here for 40 years, but no, I'm originally from the Netherlands. And uh, this is one way I can give back to the community. I'm especially active in the disabled parking enforcement. We get a lot of handshakes and, and, and high fives from people who are looking for disabled parking and often find spots taken by people that you know really shouldn't. And we are there to uh, help them out with that. It's a way to get your views in. Uh, it's a way to help your community. We have to be involved in what we do and we want to promote our communities, make sure they're running properly and by volunteering that's one way to do it and that helps. There's cost factors and everything and with volunteers that helps cut some of that cost and, it, and you get benefit from it uh, by volunteering. It's something that is so worthwhile to be a part of the process. It's kind of corny to say that's what being American is and all of that, but um, for citizens to be part of the process is really important. You know, to be able to influence the government and to be able to, to, to give your time and to give your opinions and actually make a difference and make a change, you know, that's one of our greatest strengths and something that's um, something I would encourage everyone to do. The thing that drew me to camp was 
the, the involvement and the commitment to community. I felt very obligated because this was a new environment, a new city, and being in South King County to really be of service in the community. So I wasn't sure where to start, but the opportunity came to serve on the Cultural Communities Board and also to kind of get my feet wet to learn more about the city of Kent, more about the diversity of Kent, more about the needs of the community. And then it just took off from there. So, you know, once you get started, it's kind of hard to kind of get off of the board because there's still so much work to do. And it's such a passionate body of work um, that I feel committed to. As, and I think we do some really great things with so much opportunity ahead of us. love that passion from our boards and commission members. It's how I got my start. I started out on the Arts Commission and Land Use and Planning, and you heard Sarah say it, it's kind of hard to get off. Well, that led to council, and then it got me to this job, so I highly recommend it. These are all volunteer roles. They meet regularly, and they collaborate to provide recommendations to the city, to me, to our council, and they're out there working in our community every single day. These are important positions and we are so fortunate to have them occupied by residents that have this kind of passion, this kind of commitment to our community. They truly care and they've gotten involved. They're giving back and making a positive impact. So with that, I would like to announce the winners of our Kent Legacy Awards for 2023, the members of these boards, commissions, and our Kent VIPs. If you could all stand, those of you that are in the audience, so that we can properly recognize and thank you for your efforts. Thank you all for choosing, for choosing to serve your community and be an important part about what's happening here in Kent, for giving your time, right? Time is the most valuable resource that we all have and you all are giving it to your city and I could not be more grateful for that. Thank you very, very much. Another group that I'd like to recognize is our graduates and current students from our Kent 101 course. Anybody in here that's taken Kent 101 or currently in Kent 101, could you stand up? Look at that. So I will tell you, Kent 101 is a gateway to our boards and commissions. I am so excited about the number of participants that have been in Kent 101 that are now serving on our boards and commissions. It's a free eight-week civics program that gives our residents an insight into what their government does. We talk about every single one of our departments, all the things that are happening in Kent, opportunities, and it's that, it's that way that you can learn about, you know, what does government really do and learn about what we don't do. So one of the things we start out with is with the administration class and we talk about the fact that the city provides city services but we're not the school district, right? We have a police department but the RFA is something separate. It's all of those kind of things we talk about. Budgeting, we talk about our park system, IT, HR, all of those kind of things are in these classes. Eight weeks long, we run it twice a year, and I would strongly encourage you um, to keep an eye on our social media for upcoming classes. We're about halfway through this session, so we'll have one um, coming later in the year. So sign up, but beware, it could absolutely lead to 
um, being on one of those boards and commissions, being a council member, um, being more involved in your city. So as we wrap up, my hope is that you were able to th see the theme in tonight. It's about how we take care of each other. It's about how we show up and how we serve. Those are the ways that we measure kindness. Everything we do as city government, your government, is because we care about you and we care about your family. My commitment to you is and will always be to make your life better, to make Kent feel more like home, and to continue serving you with all of my heart. Whether it's human services, providing parks and open spaces, permits to ensure safe buildings, delivering clean water or maintaining our streets, or providing public safety. Over and over, we have proven that Kent is a community that cares about each other. We will never stop working for you. All of our city employees are devoted to ensuring that the programs and services that the city of Kent offers reflect that platinum standard of municipal government service. My hope is that as you leave tonight, you'll know a little bit more about what your local government is doing, projects that we're working on, what we're investing in, but more importantly, that you'll have a feeling of connectedness to those around you. And you have the reassurance that the people who serve you and our community are people just like you and me who want to make a difference and make Kent an amazing place to live. I wanna thank you all for coming tonight. Have a great rest of your evening and remember, we are Kent. You're still there? Well, we're glad that you are because tomorrow, another bonus edition of Kent Now. And you don't wanna miss this one.